Comments made on the Ceratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratoc Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. Triple Click Home. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Triple Click Home, episode number 33. This is Alina Roberts, and I'm joined today by a number of fine gentlemen, uh, Mr. Buddy Brandon. Yeah, they're fine gentlemen, and then there's me. <laughs> and John Reese. He's um, back. Hey, yeah. he's back. How do I how do I follow that up? Am I a fine gentleman? No. <laughs> well, that's what I said. I mean, you guys can question my judgment. <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, Mr. Jamie Pauls and Derek Lane may, in fact, pop in throughout the episode. Pop. So let's start with the top of the news. Hey, guys, there was a keynote. I think it was last week. Really? Was it like Keysoft 9.1 or? (laughs) Not a Keysoft, a Keynote. Oh, 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 Keynote. Oh, oh. I think think Apple might have been releasing something. Wait, 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 wait. Were they releasing Keynote? Yeah, I think a new Uh, version, right? (laughs) Although I like that you used that analogy. (laughs) Keynote's one of those apps that I try to not think about. No, they were talking about, of course, the new iPhones. Yes, the and iPhone I say the iPhones because they have a six and a six plus. Yes, because we needed and a the plus. Six plus is bigger than a pop tart, <laughs> and the six plus is stupid large. Yeah, I ordered the six. I, I wasn't going to order the plus. I ordered the six as well. I just couldn't see myself carrying around something. Well, carrying around and like holding up against my head something bigger than a pop tart. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, I'm going to probably stick with my 5S for right now because I'm happy with it. By the way, I'm just going to address this right now, but the uh, bit of fan mail that we got that said that we whine about bigger phones, we didn't whine. <laughs> Maybe I'll whine now about whining, but... Wait, why, we not, how we, are we, we whining? We so didn't whine. We're whining know. about not wanting a bigger phone and, you know... I don't know if whining is the correct word. I think that we just don't want a bigger phone. I think that um, that I would use a different word than whining. Yeah. We expressed our opinion that having a bigger phone is just ridiculous. Yeah. If we can grow our thumbs longer, having a bigger phone would be okay. But actually, Apple addressed that, so we can talk about that later. Anyway, go ahead. You're fine. Yeah. So the initial impressions from the tech world is that they're mostly happy. Which is unusual for the tech world. Yeah. It is a little unusual. Some analysts are feeling like they don't appreciate that the 6 Plus has a longer battery life than the 6. That was one of the complaints that I saw. Wait, wait, they're complaining that the battery life is longer on the 6 Plus? Because physics, they, they want the 6 to have as long of a battery life. Yeah, but it's physics. The, yes, I know it's physics. You know it's physics. The only physics. way that they could have a longer <laughs> battery life, and by the way, I wouldn't complain about this at all, is if they had a bigger battery. And the only way to put a bigger battery in would be to make the phone thicker. And right. while I would be just fine with that... Most people are not. Yeah. I think, you know, we're going to get the iPhone 17 and it's going to be like, you know, the thinness <laughs> of a piece of paper. Yeah, basically. Right. And what's interesting is I saw that the 6 Plus actually has the same kind of bezel as your iPad. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. And, and some of the analysts are saying they really like that because they felt like it was actually easier to hold. And I'm thinking, okay, like, I should go grab my iPad mini and try and put that up to my face. And I don't think that's going to work out, but <laughs> no. I don't, I don't like it. Although the other important, and I, I need a retraction here because on the Serotalk podcast, which by the way, we recorded 
that section a mere hour after the end of the keynote, and so I didn't really have as much time to read and digest, perhaps, as I should have had. But in that, I said that uh, the only difference between the 6 and the 6 Plus was the screen size. And no, that is incorrect, and therefore I must issue a formal retraction (laughs) and state that no, in fact, that is not correct. There is another difference between the 6 and the 6 Plus, that being that the 6 Plus has a camera that has, besides just the digital image stabilization, has optical digital stabilization, which means that the lens can move and tilt and do all sorts of things to compensate for your jittery, over-caffeinated hand, (laughs) or even just natural shakiness. But some people are not happy about the fact that that means that the lens kind of jets out. From I'm going to be the, curious about that. Is it just that the yeah. lens juts out on the 6 Plus only, or does the lens stick out on the 6 as well? Uh-uh, because the 6 is more like the design of the 5S. Right. Well, yeah. you know, again, physics people. I know. Yeah. People are going to complain but, about anything. I got to say, even though I don't want something held up to my head that's as big as a Pop-Tart, I was briefly torn because while I really would like to have the better camera just for OCR and whatnot, uh-huh. in the end it came down to, no, I really don't want to carry something that big. It'll be okay because Apple will find a way to bring back the bag phones and be cool about yes, it. Yes, I've been saying this for a couple of years, the iBag phone. It's going to be the, the next big thing, the iBag phone. Buddy, you were briefly looking at the 6 Plus. I'm really shocked to hear that because honestly, the better camera probably is not enough to justify in the end it seems to me that the difference in what we're going to get for how good the camera is for the purposes for which i will use it mostly being ocr it seems to me that it's not going to be that much different i mean you know what am i going to do ocr in like underground somewhere no well i looked at it for the battery life that was the only reason why i looked at the six plus with more interest Uh i i just like that 24 hour battery life they're touting well, on sure the, that would be great but i'm with you guys i just can't imagine having something yeah, that large yeah and yeah. the bigger the phone the more pixels the more power required to run it right so that's another way to look at it too i'm just curious yeah. about this trend towards bigger phones you know i remember when cell phones were, were sort of evolving yes. people wanted smaller Smaller phones, smaller, smaller phones, smaller, 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 smaller. Small. Now all of a sudden it's bigger, yep. bigger, bigger. And, and now we're going yeah. back the other way, the pendulum swinging. Uh, I've been, I've been noticing that, in fact, for a while. And, and in fact, I mentioned the whole iBag phone back when we started seeing bigger Android phones. And, and right. you know, the phablet started becoming a thing. And yeah, you know, you know, it reminds me of when we were go- really going the other way. And remember the Motorola StarTac phone? I, yep. I remember hearing a news story on it and how it was the smallest phone ever built and all this <laughs> sort of thing. And- well, and I remember the phones. My parents had a cell phone in the 90s. It weighed a ton and it was as big as a regular telephone, right? Didn't right. do anything fancy. And I just, I don't know. I don't see... The appeal, because not only are we going bigger, but it's just a screen, right? So it's not even ergonomic. There's nothing like people aren't using their phones to be phones anymore. They're using them to do all this other stuff. And so they're like, well, we got to be able to see it, right? Right. But realistically, people are still using it as a phone because we know that home phones are dropping like flies. Like people are not keeping the phone in the house. So how much do you think, especially the 6 Plus, might be an iPad mini replacement? 
for some people. Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm looking at this article with seniors moving toward the bigger phones. You know, this is really interesting because Melanie says she would like to have her hands on one and see how she likes it. And she loves her iPad, but up until the 6 Plus came out, she never even gave a smartphone a second thought because, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. with the iPhone, well, the screen's too small. I can't do anything with this screen. So with the 6 Plus, she's actually giving it some thought, which is just kind of blowing my tiny mind. Told her, yeah, you can play solitaire on this too. I'm kind of like you guys. I want the 6 personally. I'm going to go for the 6, but I want my wife to look at the 6 Plus because we're both ready to upgrade. She's got a 4. I have a 4S. Oh, yeah. Uh, she so, needs to upgrade. Uh, she yeah. needs to look at the 6 Plus seriously before we make a purchase, I think. Yeah. And she loves her iPad, just like you well, said, buddy. the thing she, about the 6 I'm Plus, just, though, yeah. is, you know... Uh, Apple released a statement that they sold in 24 hours 4 million iPhone 6s and 6 Pluses. I guess that's a combined total, which broke all kinds of records. But the 6 Plus is sold out. Sold out. That's amazing. Pre-orders are sold out. So like, if you want one, you're going to have to wait a while. I'm kind of flabbergasted. I don't understand. This keeps my inaccuracy rating right up there. Well, I don't look at the screen, right? And so honestly, the bigger the screen, I'm like, no, please stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please stop. I'm, I'm it's same. just more it, space it, for my hand to move around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't really like the full-sized iPad. It's more screen than I want to deal with. Oh, it's way too much screen. Well, buddy, you made a reference to the one-handed mode a second ago. I wonder how that's going to be accessibility-wise. I oh, mean, I that's going to be weird. Um, yeah, I'm <laughs> kind of curious about that myself. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I don't want to leave the y'all low vision folks out and, and make y'all feel slighted because uh, I understand that uh, the bigger screen is going to be useful. Oh, absolutely. You can either have more stuff on the screen or you can set it up so that you have the same stuff on the screen as on the regular iPhone 6, but bigger. And so that can't be anything but good. But like I say, my inaccuracy ratings right up there because I said, nope, they're not going to do that. And, and they, they did, did it. it. Yeah, I was surprised. And they also put in an NFC chip, which, of course, is right. only going to be used for Apple Pay. And I said, no, nah, they're not going to do NFC. They've been, you know, but they did. So speaking of NFC, the next thing we should talk about is Apple Pay. I'm really looking forward to Apple yeah, Pay. Yeah, so am I. Right. So exactly. Google Wallet, as we all know, has kind of been a failed attempt by Google to get people to use their phones. Yeah, see, the thing about Google Wallet is that they got half of it. They didn't get the UI half. Right, they didn't get the UI half. And most people are like, it's not worth it for me to go through the trouble of setting up the app. And you still have to put in some things in order to actually use the app. You can't just go up with your phone. Like, it doesn't work that seamlessly. So I think that there is a pretty good potential for Apple to actually make the transformation in the market that we want to see. Agreed. I was really excited about Apple Pay and maybe in a year or two when it's actually expanded quite a lot more, I'll look at upgrading to the 6 because you do need the NFC chip. But I think it's pretty awesome. And I really appreciate this article because it talks about all of the things that Apple Pay does that Google Wallet doesn't do. Like, for instance, it doesn't store your credit card information on a server or on the phone itself. Nowhere. Right. It's not stored anywhere. They create a separate code that's actually attached to you so that when you're paying... Well, like there's a chip that stores a bunch of stuff and that's all it does. Right. It's all but it's still not storing the exact credit card number. Like right. It right. doesn't do that. 
Once you put in the information, it creates its own separate code and that goes away. So that I believe even the merchant doesn't get your credit card. No, nope, nobody does. Um, It just gets that secret little code that was created. Of course, the bank matches it all up and, you know, Apple's going to get a tiny slice of it and and, uh, whatnot. Well, I'll tell you what, what, 15 cents on every dollar? I believe that's what I saw. I don't know about every dollar, maybe every transaction. Every hundred? There's something about a hundred dollar transaction that I saw. I'm not really sure. All I saw was Apple's getting money. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Getting money. And and of course, as the analysts rightly point out, it's not going to raise the price of their stock by a whole bunch. And it's not going to be like a huge revenue earner for them. But it's a thing that makes the iPhone, well, really the whole Apple ecosystem more sticky stickier anyway and so then people are going to be more likely to stay into apple that's important it'll be really interesting to see how quickly things get adopted target is on board so that's one of our big major retailers walmart and best buy however are not that's funny too because best buy sells lots of apple things they do and they have nfc enabled cash registers already so why alina are they not on board (laughs) Yeah, what's their rationale? I don't think I really understood the rationale. I think it was that it was too likely to fail, and so they don't trust it, I think was their rationale. Which is why they have it on their cash registers Mm -hmm. right now. Well, they did that initially, which was really expensive, according to them. So they just Yeah, I think cost was something about updating equipment Mm -hmm. or something. The one thing about Apple is that they don't adopt a technology until... They've decided that they think that it's, if not foolproof, at least good enough right. that the average consumer can use it with some confidence. Yeah. Right. Which is why they did not have NFC three years ago. Right. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up adopting this and who doesn't, who decides that at a certain point, you know, you're going to get iPhone users who will say to big merchants, especially, Probably in a good what, six months. you mean months. I can't pay with my phone? I'm out of here. Yeah, right. How come I yeah. can't use this? I think eventually they all are going to adopt it. Yeah, I do right. too. It just makes dollar well, sense. Well, it'll be interesting to see how quickly people move away from having your credit card on you is a liability, but having your phone on you is also a liability. You know, I, I hate to say it, but I've had a couple people tell me that there are parts of the Bay Area that I really shouldn't even have my phone visible because somebody could say, oh, she's got a, a smartphone and come and snag it. Yeah. Which is really kind of frightening <laughs> to think about because I've never worried about like using my phone in public, but I don't live in that part of town. So I guess I should be grateful. Oh, just have your mean, vicious attack dog get him. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my gosh, have you met Empress? That would be so funny. <laughs> she would be like, Hi, I have not met Empress. Please, please don't hurt anybody. <laughs> I'll just lay here and hope that nothing bad happens. <laughs> no. Yeah, so it's interesting because I, I wonder if people are going to just start taking their phones everywhere. And then we talked about the fact that the Apple Watch is going to have, they also plan to have Apple Pay attached to that device which is not going to come out until 2015 if we're lucky. And, you know, maybe a runner's out and about and they stop to get something. They didn't even bring their wallet, right? So now are we entering an era where people are just going to be like, hey, how come you don't use Apple Pay? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. 
But it would be kind of neat to see if this really does transform how we pay for things because Apple has transformed so many things. So maybe they're the ones to really do it. I just like the little sound it makes when it does its transaction that we heard on the, in the in the the event in the keynote. <laughs> cool. Got to actually finish listening to the keynote since the live stream was so bad. I have not either. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I need to do the same. I mean, the live stream was just really bad. Yeah, it was. If there's one thing that Apple really sucks at, it's live streaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So speaking of the bling sound and Apple Pay and the Apple Watch, buddy, what do you think about the Apple Watch that was actually presented? There is word on the street that the one that actually gets released will be better, but that's just a rumor. I'm sure of that. That In fact, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is news. Yeah, water is wet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that there are going to be refinements. But what was your impression? Like, did you say to yourself, that's something I want to spend $349 on? Because that's the price quote I saw. Yeah, that's what I saw, too. Starting at $349. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. And I don't know. I mean, like, if it's got voiceover on it, and I don't really think that it's a huge stretch to think that it will, because it's got a speaker, it's got a microphone, you know, you can talk to it like your Dick Tracy. Yeah, there's a lot of controversy I've seen on the list about people saying it's not going to have voiceover. I don't see why it wouldn't. Well, you know, I don't see why it would need like it seems to me that it'll have the hardware. And right. considering that Apple has just dropped their only product that doesn't have voiceover in it, that being Which the iPod what? Classic. Yeah, the iPod Classic. Oh, OK. It's not a huge stretch, and since the iPod Classic, the only thing that Apple makes that didn't have voiceover on it is now gone, it just really doesn't seem like a logical thing for them to do to all of a sudden release something that didn't have voiceover in it. They didn't do that with the Apple TV, for heaven's sake. Right. I think it's going to have accessibility. I'm not worried about that. Like I'm just wondering what you guys thought. I saw that they have fancy bands. To go on it. I think it'll be kind of cool that we can have like another style and watch that's not the Bradley. <laughs> right. Because like most talking watches are ugly and horrible. Right. And I think that I got to give them credit for having those wristbands because I knew that was one of the things that they had to address because all of the ones that are currently on the market are not designed for women at all. Period. End of statement. Like they're clunky and they're, they're not designed very, for very anybody. manly and... Seriously, yeah, they're not. The <laughs> current smartwatches are not designed for anybody because they were designed as like a functional thing uh-huh. and they didn't even think about how this thing's going to look, especially with other things. They're like, oh, well, we're going to put this watch together and it's a watch and you can wear it and it's going to do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. except what? Would you want to be seen in public with this thing? And the answer uh-huh. usually is no. <laughs> no. no. Right. So they've got the design down, and I think that that's good. But honestly, I'm like, okay, it has to be attached to the iPhone, and they're going to talk to one another and blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, but there's no way around that. Again, it's physics. I understand that, but for $350, I'm sorry, Apple, but you can count me out. <laughs> I have nothing in my life that says I need this. <laughs> it is very likely that I will also not buy one. Yeah. John, what about you? You gonna you gonna drop that kind of money for? It depends on how they do it and what it actually does. Uh-huh. Like, I want to see the final product. The thing that really interests right. me about it is the whole motion detection, where it keeps track of like your workouts and your calories, and right. you know, not just yep, running in cool. steps. It's also physical movement, like if you weight lift and things right. like that. 
And that's, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm interested in the sport version simply for that reason. Okay. I'm going to be interested to see what people come up with for the thing. I mean, right. It's the third have party its own app ecosystem. Right. 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 Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see what, what ends up and happening. And it'll be kind of it, nice for people to get notifications on their watches without everybody knowing that somebody over there got a text. Right. We'll see. It'll be interesting to watch what happens after it's released because really, if they don't make it, I wonder if the rest of the tech companies are just going to say, okay, if Apple can't do it, <laughs> are we even going to try? Right. Because the ones that are out on the market right now are not successful. So well, No, because they're ugly. I know. And they've just made so many different bands and stuff, you know, different styles of the watch. I think it's going to appeal to a lot of different people. Right. And that's definitely why I said the design, they've got the design down. And I really appreciate that Apple did what it always does, which is take that whole lifestyle and appearance. Well, yeah, they amped it up, though. I mean, like they got all of these fashion people, right? They got Angela right. Arendt's in retail. They got, I, I don't know, all these other people they got from all these other places that are you know, really fashion conscious, you know, yes. and got them working on this thing. So, and these are people that like know what they're doing and stuff. Right. And I think that it does have potential. Like, I think if they add some features that are going to be helpful to people who have chronic diseases like diabetes or things that they need to monitor at all times, like that could be pretty huge. Oh, Yeah. I did see an article, and I can't remember now if it's in our show notes, maybe it is in our show notes, that they did a study with kids who have diabetes, and they put something, like it goes inside of their arm, essentially, right underneath the skin, and it connects to the health kit app on the iPhone, and it actually monitors their blood glucose levels so that if it drops or it raises too high, their doctors can actually notify them. So I was like, that's where the direction we need to go. We right. need to have things that are actually going to help people stay healthy without showing up at the ER and without going to the doctor constantly and ways for them to learn how to monitor themselves in efficient manners. So I'm hopeful that the watch can become a part of that piece, but right now it's kind of just fancy Fitbit, <laughs> you know? So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, but they've still got some time. He said early in 2015, yeah. which right. to me translates as, before March 31st. Right. And uh, so that gives them a good, you know, six months yeah. to do stuff. And that's a long time. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the other thing that they talked about at the keynote, which is iOS 8. So we'll see you in a minute. Looking for a cross-platform solution to quickly convert printed materials and PDFs into text, MP3, or DAISY formats? Check out Serotext DocuScan Plus. For just $299, use DocuScan Plus on your Windows or Mac computer. Store documents in the cloud for easy retrieval and access them from anywhere. For more information, visit www.docuscanplus.com. All right, guys, welcome back to Triple Click Home, episode 33, or 33 and a third, as some might like 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 a third. Episode 33 and a third. So let's talk about iOS 8. The good, the bad, the ugly, because iOS 8 is here, and 
There are some good things. There are some not good things. Uh, one thing that we should mention to all you Blind Square users is that acapella voices are not going to be available in iOS 8. Nope, they are not. Until they fix it. We should also mention that this is definitely a point zero release. A like point all point zero, zero releases, release. there will be things. And uh, this version of iOS is no exception. There are things. Yes. So, John, Mr. Quality Analyst for Apple, talk to us about your impressions and why we need people to not panic. Well, here's the thing. I mean, obviously, there's already a lot of talk about accessibility bugs and what is broken, you know, in iOS 8. And, you know, it's pretty obvious that people are going to get on public lists right away and they're going to start saying, oh, Apple doesn't care about accessibility and, you know, it's, it was just a legal ploy and blah, blah, blah. So let me just tell you, folks, anybody in the, who can hear my voice and listens to this podcast or talks to people who listen to this podcast, if you're going to be one of those people who go on lists and start complaining and whining about this, shut up ahead of time, please. I spent a month <laughs> nice. working at Apple, working internally inside Apple. I met several people who were involved in the whole accessibility aspect of the company. If you think that they've given up on accessibility or it's on a back burner, you're completely wrong. So just shut up and don't say anything you don't know about. Okay. <laughs> We're totally going to get an email that says John is connected to the mob. And if we don't do what he says, kneecaps will be broken. Let me put it to you this way. I was in business for for 18 years. I know when people are Uh crapping me, BSing me, whatever term you want to use. Right. This was not a case of that. From Tim Cook on down, inclusion, diversity, accessibility is really, they call it the gold standard. And that's what they're oh, really yeah. trying to meet as far. Good. And that goes from the web pages to their products. And, you know, right. just because there's bugs in iOS 8, don't make the stupid conclusion that Apple doesn't care about accessibility. That is the furthest thing from the truth. I was absolutely blown away by just how committed these people are to accessibility. I was humbled by some of the things that I witnessed and experienced while I was out there in terms of accessibility. So... I'm sorry to be harsh. <laughs> Let me interrupt you for just a second, John, because, of course, we all know that the accessibility team is dedicated to accessibility, okay? Accessibility team for any company is going to be dedicated to accessibility, or at least there will be certain members of it that will be, and some will maybe just give it lip service because they're there or whatever. But corporate culture, for one reason or another, perhaps, or... um pushback from the other teams or deadlines or um, any number of things could really tie their hands. Right. So I guess the question I'm asking you is, from your perspective, how do the other teams and the accessibility team, who is, of course, committed, how do they interact with each other? And do you feel like the accessibility team's concerns are taken seriously and given their sort of proper attention, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely communications that go on between all of the various teams. And you know what it is? I think certain areas of the company are starting to become educated to accessibility. And from my own personal experience, my area that I'm working with is web accessibility to apple.com right now. And it was interesting that, you know, how much the developers were not aware 
of accessibility issues when they are obviously developing the pages and so forth. But once they're made aware of the issues, they are very quick to try to find solutions and discuss solutions. And they even go outside and talk to the actual voiceover accessibility teams that work on the Mac and iOS. So I think there is a serious commitment. Is it everybody? You know, like you said, buddy, I'm sure there's people that just it's a nine to five job. They punch the clock, they go home or whatever. But as far as like from what I was witnessing and experiencing and having meetings with people who were in the know, it really comes from the top down as far as trying to get accessibility to really be a mantra when it comes to putting out their products. So I'm not worried about iOS 8. I think what we're seeing will be fixed. Like I said, I'm just saying this because I know come, you know, email lists, it's going to be all, you know, people, you're going to have your, the usual what suspects. Every year. Yeah, you're going to have the usual we'll have, suspects yeah. on there, you know, claiming that right. Apple's, you know, they don't care about us. And this and, is one of the reasons why Elena doesn't read those lists. <laughs> unfortunately, I'm subjected to it. Yeah. And beyond that, let's remember, guys, if you see a bug that is related to your operating system or related to voiceover, you can report it right. to accessibility at apple.com right. just like anybody else can. So instead of complaining about it publicly, do your due diligence, write to Apple about what's going on. Please give as much detail as possible, though, right. especially if you can reproduce right. it reliably. Yes. I don't work at Apple, but I do similar things here at Serotech, and I'm here to right. tell you, if we can't reproduce it, we can't fix it. And so as much detail as possible with as many reproducible steps as possible is going to be the thing that's going to... Now, I don't think John is saying, and I certainly wouldn't say, that it's perfect. It's not perfect. No. There's lots of room for improvement. But I think having their heart in the right place counts for a lot. And by the way, I got to give props to Tim Cook, really, because you know when he took over as CEO from Steve Jobs when Steve sort of passed the baton, everyone, well, you know, what's this going to mean for Apple? Is Tim Cook going to be the kind of guy, is he going to be able to, you know, keep the innovation going and so on and so forth? And Tim Cook is not Steve Jobs. No. Tim Mm -hmm. Cook is Tim Cook. But every single time I've heard any interview with Tim Cook or any speech from Tim Cook, one thing just has really, really stood out for me with him, and that's his sincerity. Yes. And his heart. And those are two things that whatever else you could say about Steve Jobs, I never saw those things. Now, Tim Cook says that he did and that we never really saw the real Steve Jobs. And I, I'm sure there is truth to that. But Tim strikes me as a very sincere guy. He puts himself right out there and you know exactly where he's coming from. And I, I respect that. So, you know, props to him. I think he's doing great things. And no, he's not Steve Jobs, but... Man, he's doing a bang-up job. I agree. So let's start with, how do you guys want to start? Do we want to start with the things that are not working out well, or do we want to start with the things that are working out well? Do we end well, with the positive? Well, if we're starting with the nasties, we get it over with first. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree. All right, Derek, lay it on us. Okay. Show us some things that yeah, you're not happy we'll, about. Well, you know, since Derek has the skills and the phone sitting right there. Uh, yes. Have y'all got it yet? Are you still waiting for it to download? Waiting for it to download. Uh, I have it. All right, good stuff. Unlike some of the stuff I'm about to point out here. One immediate bug you'll notice, should you get a call and you double tap uh, 
with two fingers to answer, <laughs> you may find yourself with hold music. I did. <laughs> that, that, that hasn't happened. And I was yet. very confused because I was like, no, you call a company and you get hold music. They don't call you and you get hold music from them. Please hold for the next available operator. Or girlfriend. No, please hold for an important message. Yeah. There you go. No, you called me. Screw you. Right? Well, it turns out that this music in my ear was U2, an album that I was not familiar with. (laughs) (laughs) In fact. So Uh two things happened. One, as we expected, I inherited the album. And two, Two Finger Double Tap starts music regardless of the phone ringing or not. How do we answer the phone? Well, you find the answer button. Fortunately, uh, you're focused on it by default. Most of the time. Most of the time. I like that. Most of the time. Um, It just works. Most of the time. All right. <clears throat> so now I do not use a two finger double tap to answer my phone. Well, you can. You just get your hold music. So you double tap again, and the music stops, and it picks up the phone. Right. Unless yeah. it's picked up the phone as well, at which point, <laughs> then you stop your music, and the person is still there. Fortunately, yeah, I've never had this. <laughs> Yay for a consistent user experience! That seems you. like a, a bug that I have in Facebook right now, which is sometimes I do the two finger double tap in Facebook to bring up that little menu where I can like or share or do something else. And then sometimes uh-huh. the music starts, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> stop it. So if you run into a situation where someone calls you and there's hold music, just double tap the screen again, and the music will go away, and you will still have your person on the phone. When they oh. hang up, the music will resume. So there's that as well. One big thing that happens is if you're dialing from your keypad you may get a sticky digit like the button is stuck. And the last time this happened to me, if you just press the same button over again that, that is sticky, it should unstick, and then you can delete the extra mm-hmm. digit. But yeah, that's all kinds of fun. still funny that it's emulating contacts that need to be cleaned on a <laughs> yes. an old phone or something. Hey. <laughs> the button's stuck. Right. Stop. The button is stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's that one's I, lots of. Fun. I don't even like the fact that in uh, my current, unless you guys could tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like if I dial a phone number using the keypad and I miss, you know, I do an input wrong on one of the numbers that I go down to delete, and then I double tap or I lift my finger, nothing happens, and then I have to go and close the phone and then reopen it. So I'm not looking forward to sticky buttons. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah, it kind of does. But if you're at the left of the uh, edit field where the numbers are pressing delete won't do you any good. So just double tap and it'll put your insert point at the end and you're good. Another thing, speaking of trying to activate things that don't activate and I haven't Uh figured out the pattern to this, but you may find in some apps that if you swipe to certain controls and then double tap to activate them, they will not activate. And the only way you can activate them is if you, actually find them on the screen by touch and then double tap them, no you can't swipe oh, to so them. the focus doesn't actually go there then the focus may not actually go there which my current theory which i haven't actually verified fully is that if you swipe to a control that isn't visible that's what the issue is also uh, relating to buddy swiping issue is um and i've tested this the implication is that that would break Braille display, navigation, and uh-huh. Bluetooth keyboard. Because yeah. you're swiping okay. is your virtual tab, shift tab, vo right, left, right. vo right, depending on how you yeah. want to look at it. Right. So 
if you can't swipe to certain things, a lot of people dismiss that as, well, you just need to learn what's on your screen anyway. You just need to get your spatial orientation, which is a fair point because that is quicker. Uh But if you can't swipe to it, you can't focus on it through a display or a uh, keyboard. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Do you think part of this is an operating system problem or is this partly related to apps not being updated to iOS 8 specifications? No idea. I don't think any of the Apple native apps do it. And so, I don't know. I've saw it in iMessages a couple of times though. And I saw in mail a couple of instances where on a thread in a list, you can't see the last message in the thread. So I would actually have to read all the messages that was being sent back and forth discussing this fine podcast. I actually had to open a red message before I could see the unread message above it and then go back out and then go into the unread message and I was good to go. And that I could repeat on demand. (laughs) So they're odd things. (laughs) Okay, so that's the bad. Mm -hmm. So what features, Derek, are we just going to be like, woo-hoo, Thank you, Apple, for finally putting this in. You can access people from the task switcher, which is kind of cool. Yep. I can access people? Yeah, so uh-huh. check it out. If you double tap home, bring yeah. the app switcher, it's sort of grown. Uh-huh. App switcher. Hey, tell. Running. Mm-hmm. Swipe up with three fingers to close the app. Home. Running. Okay, that was swipe left. Flick left. People. Zap. Button. Jamie. Button. Joe. Button. Debbie. Button. Patrick. Button. Jerry. Hey. Button. Oh, button. Double tap to communicate with folks. Buttons will appear to the right. And um, cool. so what happens there is if you go into the app switcher and you flick to the right, it's just going to look like your regular oh. app switcher. But yeah, if yeah, you yeah. flick to the left past the first oh, app right. running, in this case the only app running, you have that whole new subsection that opens up with recent Yeah, it's pretty cool. In it that you can go to. Now, has Samantha speeded up at all, or is that, is that the yes. same speed, basically? I, I, I would thought say she sounded up. faster. Yeah, she yeah. sounds like she's faster. so. She's sped up. She Alex is sped is, up. Is nice and fast. That's wow. right. He said, "Alex, Alex there is was, indeed." Alex. Ah, yes. There are a couple of things, though. Yeah, Alex is a little bit quieter than the other voices, so you got to get used to that. One thing that I was kind of excited about was I thought that it looked like they were going to make it so that you could have each individual language adjust the speed of each individual language independently, but uh, apparently that's not the case. No, it's not, unfortunately. But in the process of confirming that, uh, I noticed a few things when going through the rotor. Audio ducking can be turned on and off. Yes. Yes, That is um, an effect where your music drops down in volume when you're going through uh, stuff in voiceover. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the volume, you know, raises back up. That affects eye blink. That affects all kinds of stuff, you know. Right. Which is cool because that means you can still hear your speech while other things are going on in the background. Right. That delays responsiveness, though, because before voiceover speaks, it's got to get the audio ducked. Right. And I experienced that on the Mac, and honestly, sometimes it's not better. But you can turn it off now, and that's cool. You can. You can turn yeah. it off. Here's one that people are, have been really asking about, and that's the Braille input. Right. I think they might have um, consulted with, licensed, something, the Embraille people. Yeah. I don't know. Does that mean I have to hold my phone away from me? Because, man, I still can't do that. You can hold that. your phone away from you or you can hold it flat. But what it okay. says is it says, to calibrate the keyboard, hit the right three dots followed by the left three dots, and it'll calibrate the dot positions so that theoretically then you can 
sort of have your fingers where they're comfortable. You have your fake Braille keys. I think it's only grade one Braille, though. I don't think that it grocks. <gasps> no! Tra- I don't think it grocks contracted Braille. I could be wrong about that. Now, I, as a result, have been able to write such wonderful things as yay, lol, um, woo, and so on. Wow is good. Because I also can't find the space bar. <laughs> oh, no. I think that's like a, a right swipe, I think. Oh, well, that would make sense. You want to try it out for us, Derek? Yeah, sure. Bearing in mind my uh, previously described inaptitude. All right, so now I have an iMessage up to mm-hmm. slash from Jamie, because he's here, and he's just cool <laughs> like that. And uh, Alex uh, is set to 50%, because that's a good compromise in speed and clarity, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. And Now, how do you choose words. the Braille keyboard? It's in the rotor. Oh, nice. Characters. Uh-huh. Is, it, is it in there by default? Or I think I had to add it, but it, it may just... I had to add I, okay. it. I was going through and I just added some stuff. You're right. Yeah. So by default, mm-hmm. you will not see this. It's sort of like handwriting. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I've decided I have a love-hate relationship with. Because sometimes I'm like, get out of my rotor. And I just want it to not be there. And then sometimes when I want to open my apps, that's usually when I use it. Is when I need to open apps and I don't want to tell anybody what I'm doing. Typing mode. Which, there are three of those now, by the way, guys. Somebody finally explained how the direct touch typing works, and uh, it would be a disaster for me. Yeah. Yeah, the difference between touch typing and direct touch is basically that the uh, keyboard, even in touch typing, behaves differently with voiceover on. The key difference being that the letter is uh, entered into your uh, message document, whatever, when you release the key. And right. voiceover is not running. When you press the key, you have your little click and the letter's there. And so yeah. for people yeah. that are incredibly fast, right. yep. that's And awesome. somebody was saying that for passwords, it's almost impossible. Yeah, because think about it. If you're trying to sort yeah. of orient yourself to the keyboard, you're typing mm-hmm. in all kinds of letters. Yeah. I think it would be good yeah. for people that have some vision. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. Because voiceover would just get out of the way entirely when it comes to the keyboard. Although you can have it actually speak, and it, it's sort of a hybrid. If you're really fast, you can sort of you know just tap, 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 tap. But if you're not sure, if you hold your finger on a letter, it will speak, and then you can split tap. Mm-hmm. It's a neat compromise. I wouldn't want it as my I, primary no. method of... The okay, but that's not the braille. braille input. Where's the braille? Edit. That's standard. Audio ducking. Wax. Sounds. Containers. I never understood containers. I don't even understand containers. But they've been there for a while, so. Yeah, I took it out of <laughs> my rotor. Headings. Volume. Braille screen input. Landscape. Home ah. button to the left. Screen away mode. Six dot. To calibrate the dot positions, touch and lift the three right hand. Tabletop mode. Okay. Now, this is something. Screen away mode. To calibrate the dot positions, touch and lift the three right hand. Oh. Fingers, then touch and lift the three left Are hand. Are you going to do screen away mode? There's that, and then there's. Tabletop mode. Right. And I honestly don't know the difference. Tabletop is like a Perkins brailler. Yeah. Yeah, but don't you have to like hold your hands in a V almost? At least with eh. Embraer, I think you do. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. I never did get tabletop to work for me personally. I, I could use screen away. Well, and I can't get, I can't get screen away from me mode to work because my fingers yeah. don't understand how to type. With the Apple implementation, you can calibrate the dots like right. Okay. Right. dot placement. That makes sense. Yeah. No, All right. I've got uh, tabletop mode. It's actually, I don't have a desk that's got phone room right now, so it's actually balanced on my thumbs, because let's just say you're out somewhere. I'm just wanting to see the yeah. feasibility of this. So it said uh, right fingers and then left. So yeah. right, left. Dots four, five, six. 
That's nice. What about one, two, three? Let's try that again. Dots four, five, six. Oh no. Guess all I'm doing is entering dots four, five, six. Well, uh. Tango. <laughs> T. There's T. I was gonna do this. Hotel. India. Sierra. Space. Flick right. Yes. Yeah. I think right. so. Yeah. yeah. His. Ah. Uh, colon. Colon. Huh? Colon. <laughs> colon. Dot five. Um, oh no. Dot one two four five six. Colon. That is not I, ladies and gentlemen. Dot two six. It is not. Dot four five six. Screen. Um. Tabletop mode. <laughs> Assertion. Colon. Dot four. And if you, Derek is experiencing what I feel like every time Space. I put in a braille, I turn on a Screen braille app. <laughs> to calibrate the positions, touch and lift the three right hand fingers. Tabletop mode. So that is uh, very exciting. Dot four five six. <laughs> and usable to someone. Thank you for that demonstration. So I'm taking it. I'm not going to get this text message anytime soon. <laughs> I'll put my phone away now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm sure Braille mode Screen is portrait, cool, and I would like to learn how to use it just for sake of knowing. Yeah. But at the same it's time, it's definitely going to take some practice. little too late things. Because when you can just do something like... Dictate. Dictate. Made you look. Yeah. Sort of made you look. And then Send button. Send. Off it goes. You don't want to do that in front of, like, you don't want all kinds of people hearing your dictation. And I just got it, too. That's awesome. Now, is the uh, dictation bug still present in iOS 8 that, that we were experiencing in the last version of 7? Yes. Which bug is that? Sometimes it doesn't pop up when I think that it should. Is that the bug? I thought it gets stuck. Oh, One really? of the microphones is on until you use Siri. Right. I've never had that happen to me. The top microphone is actually on right now. Oh. It doesn't do anything or go anywhere, but if you use something like Haytel oh. or Voxer or... No, Voxer uses phone profile. So I think WhatsApp or Haytel or a few other programs oh, like that, okay. Okay. you'll see that it gets used, which could possibly drain the battery. And have you noticed that dictation always uses a top microphone? It doesn't matter how you're holding the phone. If you talk into the top of your phone, yes. you have better results. Yeah. yeah. So that sticks. That stays the same. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'd also like to add, as a parenthetical note, that we here at Triple Click Home have lives. We do other things and play with our what? Apple products all day long to find these obscure bugs. We promise. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? So, Derek, how are you liking Alex? And are we going to be happier about the responsiveness of voiceover? As a non-Mac user, I have to say that I love Alex. I think Alex I nice. is very well done. Me, It yeah. can go incredibly fast. It is probably the most responsive voice on the phone. Nice. Though it does not come on the phone by default. Right. You no, it's a download. huge, 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 huge download. Of course it's huge. We knew that. And it will so, take a long I mean, time to get. Yep, because it's 800 megs. <laughs> and you have to have a 64-bit platform to run it. So okay. basically 5S and above. Right. Okay. Are there any other features that we need to point out to people? Um, anything that was on the low vision side of things that maybe were interested in? There are a couple in? of things that have moved in iOS in general, which okay. would upset muscle memory for about a week, and then you'll get used to it again. We were just talking about iMessages. The send button has moved just a bit above where it previously was. In its place, there's a predictive text button that uh, is a little bit scary 
because based on who you're talking to and what you've said to them, it'll pop up stuff that you could potentially say to that specific person. Yeah, there's um right above your keyboard, there's like a list of words that it thinks you might want to use. And if you just you can oh, swipe no. through that list and pick one, okay. just double tap it and it puts it in for huh. you. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Except that's going to mess me up when I like go above the keyboard and then I hear random words and I'm like, oh. Yeah. But maybe that's a good thing. But it's just a line. You have to touch slightly higher on the phone and then you're in your history. And then you can read messages that were there. Yeah. Also, um, among the punctuation keys at the bottom of the keyboard, there's the audio message feature. iOS 8 gives you the ability to send uh, audio audio messages. messages. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Sadly, they sound no better than voicemail. But they do work. Okay, good, and good. They're pretty smart about. You can get a little conversation going. You just hold the phone up to your ear, and it'll record, mm-hmm. or it will play if there's one waiting for you. But okay. the problem is, is that to initiate another recording or playback, you have to bring the phone down. So you look kind of funny because you're sitting there, either listening <laughs> or talking, and then you have to wave the phone away from you, and then resume your phone conversation. So that's a little bit interesting. You won't have that problem if you get an iWa or an Apple Watch. That's so. That's another thing. I'm glad they called it Apple Watch and not iWatch. Yeah, right. Yes, but then you're talking to your wrists. Hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you could be Michael like Knight or Dick Tracy, whichever. So, do you feel like Alex and the increase in the speed is what voiceover users are going to be most excited about? I think so. That okay. and the audio ducking. If you do any music apps uh, like uh-huh. GarageBand or any of that stuff, just making yeah. music things on your phone. Nice. VoiceOver won't get in the way of those apps. And so that makes that entire layer way more responsive. Cool. However, there's one caveat to not having your audio ducked by VoiceOver. And that is that VoiceOver is on the level with any sound except for notifications. Notifications can duck your music down just like VoiceOver ducks your music down. But if VoiceOver doesn't have the ability to duck your audio... It can be ducked by things that do. So you could be reading something and then a notification comes in and you won't hear and the notification you can't hear it. because of the sound that it made. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Uh, that's a nice little bug. So it's a mixed bag. But Alex uh-huh. is cool. I like the predictive stuff in texts. Mm-hmm. I like the audio messages if you're in a pinch. Email's cool because you can have multiple drafts of messages going to different people if you're in that deep with email in your phone. Okay. I like the fact that there's an ignore button. So if somebody is being stupid on a list or, Uh you know, trolling a list or just someone you don't want to deal with for any number of reasons, you can ignore them. Uh, I won't mention his name. (laughs) If someone has a phone number in their signature, if you double tap their name, call is an option. It pulls the number from right, right. their yeah, signature. Right, right. Yeah, I saw that. I like that. What else have you guys noticed? Am I missing anything as far as the big cool stuff? It's most of the big cool stuff, I think. Nice. So, Jamie, have you had a chance to play? Actually, I have not had a chance to play with iOS 8, so I'm going to wait certainly until I get a new phone. I'm not going to mm-hmm. think about putting this on a 4S. No, that would be a really bad yeah. idea. Uh, my iPad Air, I might do that at some point. So um, I'm actually going to kind of chill, be let a update or two happen. Not going <laughs> to you know, order my phone tomorrow. So um, definitely going to be on the bandwagon, but um, bringing up the rear maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it's neat. Nothing bad. Just a lot of stuff that's weird, but there's a lot of stuff that's cool. So bearing in mind, like Buddy and John said, 
the fact that it is a point oh and the fact that Apple does care about their customer base and accessibility, it's fair if you want to upgrade. If you see a bug, report it to accessibility at apple.com. World's not going to end if you choose not to update right now. Right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the mailbag, which is actually quite prolific this time around. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening and actually letting us know your thoughts and opinions. And we'll see you after this message. In the wake of a disaster, what one thing can you send that will help people the most? A blanket. A tent. A sterile bandage. A sandbag. A doctor. A sheet of plywood. A shovel. A bulldozer. A stethoscope. A cement mixer. An oxygen tank. A bed. A house. Actually, if you send a monetary donation, you send all these things. Even a small donation can make a big impact. It can quickly become exactly what people affected by disaster need most. Food, medical services, shelter, and other essential supplies. It can help improve the immediate distress and over time becomes a crucial tool in rebuilding schools, hospitals, and homes and getting local businesses back on their feet. A monetary donation is an easy and effective way you can help. Want to help those affected by Hurricane Sandy? To donate, visit sandy.adcouncil.org. That's sandy.adcouncil.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hello, my name is David Hilton. I just had a question for the Triple Click Home podcast. I just upgraded my Pandora app and found it somewhat inaccessible. For example, if I click on Billy Joel Radio, it moves my voiceover cursor and puts me in Maroon 5 Radio, uh, which was not what I selected. I was wondering if you knew of any workarounds. I will also check on applebis.com to see if there is any posting or forums there that might be of assistance. But I was wondering what you could provide. Uh, Thank you for your time. I have experienced the same problem. I think this is a Pandora issue rather than an iPhone or iOS issue. So I think the best thing to do would be contact Pandora and let them know that you're experiencing that problem. It is a big company and a big corporation, which means they may not actually pay attention to what you say, but it's worth a try. And I'll do the same because I have a lot of stations in my Pandora app and I can't actually access most of them because it does. It moves my cursor to a new spot once I double-click And then sometimes when you're swiping through your list of stations, it just moves the cursor without asking you. So thank you, David. Let's hope that Pandora fixes the problem and this doesn't persist. Our next eye report is from Marlon, who has a really actually awesome idea. And I totally agree with him. And Buddy likes Marlon. Marlon's awesome. Take it away. Hey, Marlon here from Trinidad and Tobago, West Indies, Caribbean. I was wondering... Is there a petition or a movement of sorts to have a sort of a sound when you put on your iPhone? I constantly have to hold on the power button and wait, and then I'm wondering if it's coming on or it's not. It is probably for the new stage upgrade if you can just press the button, and then you hear a ding. So at least, you know, right after that, you have to wait. Thanks a lot. Love your guys. Um, I do create your app. Love, especially the Sandwich Mobile. Man, that's a lot of... That's a lot of content. So much content, I almost wanted to cry. All right, thanks a lot, you guys. You guys are good. Bye. He's got a great accent. Marlon. He's got a great accent. Marlon, that's an awesome idea. I'd love to see a, a sound 
like the Mac has when you turn the iPhone Right, on. no, I agree. I think it might take a bit of a hardware refresh of some sort, but uh, maybe right. not. Yeah, I, that would be but nice. Sure. Yeah, it shouldn't take a hardware refresh. I think that would be great. At least make it vibrate. That'd yeah, be even no, vibrating no, would yeah, be you, something. Maybe, maybe you should be able to choose, but... But yeah, if like you could get the Mac sounder on the iPhone when you first turn it on, that would that would, <laughs> that would rule. <be> awesome. <laughs> but see, you know, if you're deaf blind or if you're in a crowd, you can tell if your phone. Oh yeah, is no, it should do both. Coming back, no, to it right. should definitely if, do both. Yeah. Cool. So, Marlon, right, so accessibility at Apple dot com. If you're listening, that's right. Please take yes. a memo. We, we want, want a sound. sound, and we want vibration. Because my, my least favorite thing is when it's rebooting, and then you're like, uh, okay, is it is it on uh, yet? Is it on yet? Is it, is it actually uh, booting? It is, it, is it coming? <laughs> my favorite. So here's what I do, guys. If I ever am worried that my phone is not actually on, because um, sometimes I have had the bug where uh, voiceover just stops talking and then it kind of reboots itself without my permission or it does something. And so what I do is I check the toggle switch for putting it into I do that mode. too. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. vibrate, I know something's wrong. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah, that's my key. Oh, okay. That's bad. It's not vibrating. Okay. There is another sound, though, that does clue us into a really cool thing about iOS 8. And that that? is the initiation and successful, you know, connection of a FaceTime audio call. Okay. Now you know the minute that someone has answered your FaceTime audio call because you have this cool little chimey thing in your ear. Really? Okay. uh... Okay. Okay. I like it. So, you know... When it stops ringing, sometimes, you know, the connection hasn't been made or whatever. And so you're like, hello, and there's nothing there, and there's more nothing. But then now you know the instant it works because you have a cool little sound that you used to not have. And it looks like you can conference FaceTime audio calls, too. Interesting. Yay. We also got another iReport thanking Serotech for putting iBlink Radio on the Mac. I think that that's awesome. I have not actually uh, used it myself yet, but I think that that it's great that we have that available on the Mac platform for all ye podcast and iBlink radio listeners. And then we also have somebody who agrees with me about Braille. And I'm just going to say yay. <laughs> and then we well, got, you were correct oh my about gosh. Braille. But speaking of yes, things I'm that correct. are about Braille, we've got a whole bunch of people that wrote in. We've got Janine writing in saying that, yeah, she also played pranks on her computer instructors in high Teacher. school. And, right. you know, the other thing that I used to do besides moving the keycaps around on the keyboards was, you know, I'd write little basic or Pascal programs that would make the computer make siren noises. And, <laughs> and you know, it was great because this particular teacher was a very nervous woman anyway. And so, like, when the computer started Buddy. doing that, she'd get all freaky. Oh, my God. oh so you great. basically took about 20 years off that poor woman's life. Yeah, probably. <laughs> You're such a devious little mischievous man. I know. We've got Jesse taking us to task, as I mentioned before, about uh, whining about the larger iPhones. And uh, thank no, you. No, we're not whining. I we're promise. Not, we're not whining. But I think that a majority of voiceover users would say, please don't give us a bigger screen. I think so. But I'm glad that it's there for people who want, like I say, now yeah. Melanie's considering it when she never has before. So, you know cool that they're doing it it has its place it seems to be doing well it's sold out for right heaven's sake. and i i have a couple of friends who the larger screen was definitely mm-hmm. a selling point you know because they can't see you know the smaller screen as well so uh, you know i definitely see why apple did it 
I just find it ironic that we're going in the other direction as we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And let's see, Jesse has also talked about Braille and contractions and somebody else mentioned that UEB was kind of more for translators and, and computer programs to take out ambiguity. And yeah, that's exactly right. right but that doesn't mm-hmm. make it right. No, it, it doesn't. And um, I really do believe that Vanna is not representative of those of us who actually read Braille. So I think that it's kind of frustrating to know that as a teacher, I now have to teach my students both versions of the code. I have to, because they're going to get things in UEB and they're going to get things in standard contracted Braille. And they're going to have to know, why don't I see the two sign anymore? But they have to know the two sign. Why does this word say TA number sign? (laughs) Exactly. And you guys know that they're not going to reproduce the thousands of books that have already been printed that are in contracted Braille. No, it's not going to happen. So now we have to teach all of our kids UEB. Not even with Shubham Banerjee's new Brago 2.0 that he's working on. And remind me, guys, is it officially going to be out 2015 or 2016? Because I can't remember. I don't remember when they said they were going to implement. Oh, we're talking about two different things. UEB. Oh, okay. Oh, the UEB. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's either January of 2015 or 2016. I don't know. Can't be uh, too soon, in my opinion. It needs to just yeah. not happen at all. But, <laughs> but it's going to happen, buddy. It, it so- is. I know. Maybe the uh, new display that Orbit Research is coming out with is going to, you know, no Yeah, that would be neat. Get the uh, Orbit Research display and the Shubham Banerjee Braille printer. There we go. And we'll have ah, it all. Ah, there you go. What's the Shubham <laughs> B Braille printer? Yeah. Oh, Brago. Brago 2.0. Brago 2.0 is being worked on. Oh, good. And it's not going to be made out, of, made out of Lego. He's actually oh, that's good. working to make a commercially produced Braille printer for cheap and... He got funding from Intel nice. to do it, which is awesome, too. That's interesting. And what's so fancy about the Orbit Braille let display? Me, let me fill John in on Shubham real quick. Shubham is a 12-year-old kid from uh, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. California. the Bay Area right? who got a flyer in the mailbox that said, help the blind and make a donation or something. And so he asked his parents, how do blind people read? And they said, look it up on Google, kid. And so... He learned about Braille and, and the Braille printers and how expensive they were. And he said, yeah, we should be able to do something better than that. How can I help these people? He's 12, this kid's 12, 12 years, years old. old. Wow. So he got the Lego Mindstorms like robot kit, right. like the EV3 robot kit and handful and of other parts. he created a Braille printer. And he made a freaking Braille printer. Wow. Now, of course, it, <laughs> you know, it takes five seconds to make one character. Print a single character, yes. Kudos, But he man. did it. He he did it in a month. That's amazing. And now he's started a company, Brago Labs, Uh whose sole purpose in life is to like do R and D to find technology and repurpose technology and build technology that's going to help people less expensively. And um, one of the first things that he wants to do out of the shoot is Brago 2.0, which is going to be a braille printer that he. Uh-huh. He wants to sell a Braille printer for, you know, like $200 or less is what he'd like. God, God bless him. Yeah. yeah. And like I say, he built a thing out of Legos. So, I, man, if anyone can do it, I think he will. So, buddy, what's with the Orbit display? Orbit Research, of course, you know, they made the iBill. They're in partnership right? with 
some other thing in APH, and they want to, by 2016, come out with a 20-cell Braille display. Probably won't have the refresh rate of a current Braille display, you know, because it's going to be mainly for reading. But they Uh want to build a Braille display and have it released and available for people for under $300. Oh, okay, okay. I still want a multi-line display. I would love a multi-line display. But back to our mailbag. Sorry, guys, for our our, our little (laughs) diversion there. Beth left us a comment that I really just, as a teacher, have to take her to task on because I don't agree with her. I want to start by saying that I am currently teaching only high school students. That is my district only serves high school students. I currently have three totally blind students who are Braille users, who none of whom utilize a computer. And that's two 14-year-olds and a 17-year-old. my head. I had a 14-year-old today tell me he's never used the internet in his entire life. I got him email four weeks ago. Four weeks ago. That is when he started using email. And all three of them use their Braille note like a crutch because they don't know how to use anything else. And I am extremely frustrated by their last teachers. So when I hear a comment that says, Teaching students that are young how to use a screen reader is too daunting? No. No. Give me a freaking break. Little kids' brains are like mush. They're like, yeah, that's that's probably the best time. That's the best time to teach them. Yeah, that's what I would think. I mean, (laughs) you know, just based on my nephews and my niece, I I would say, you know, that would probably be the best time. Mm-hmm. I mean, two-year-old or four-year-old sighted kids use tablets. Yes. Now, we could discuss right. whether that's the best thing to do or not, but it happens. Right. It does happen. So why, I mean, why would kids, you we, our, cause... Our, kids have enough, our blind kids have enough disadvantages as it is. Right. Yeah. Yes. Why saddle them with another disadvantage of being, like, tech illiterate? And I also have three kids who are telling me, I don't want to use my ears. Why can't I just use Braille? And I want to be like, dude, I'm so excited that you love Braille, but you're in high school now. If you don't start training your ears to listen to a screen reader now, you're going to hit college and you are going to collapse from exhaustion. You ain't going to get a lot of Braille in college. Well, that's part of it. That's certainly part of it, buddy. But I had a friend tell me recently who reads over 200 words a minute that he ordered all of his books in Braille his freshman year in college. He used them for less than two weeks because his hands were exhausted. Literally exhausted. It. Yeah. From reading the amount of work Absolutely. that he had I to. Can, I can see that. Yeah. That he had to take in from a college classwork of reading. And I'll tell you, I took lit classes in college. Have any of you ever actually had your fingertips irritated from reading on, on a Braille display too long? No. I've actually experienced that. Yeah. yeah. So... I, I'm sorry, Beth, but I actually think the fact that we're waiting until third grade in a lot of cases to start teaching kids how to use JAWS is no, that's unacceptable. Completely and utterly unacceptable. Yeah. We here at Triple Click Home ascribe to the philosophy that everybody is free to express an opinion, is entitled to an opinion, yes. even if it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And more to the point, I don't want us to ever believe that we have an excuse for why we don't teach children Braille, we don't teach children how to use a screen reader. Ever. Oh, Ever. do you know, here, speaking of not teaching kids Braille, here's something that makes me absolutely crazy. Yeah. Well, it should be the child's choice whether or not to learn Braille. No! 
Since when do we give kids the choice of, <laughs> of like... Oh, so I'm going to go tell the sighted children that they can choose whether or not they want to learn how to read? Okay. Right. Exactly. Okay. You know how that's going to I'm go. glad to know that. I'm so no. glad that we shouldn't get the no. children's choice. And more to the point, I've had more VI teachers tell me, I don't teach JAWS because I don't know how to use it. Oh, yeah? Well, there's an easy way to fix that. <laughs> how about you learn? How about you take the time to understand the program that's really important to your students? Or, you know, I made a decision that I'm ordering a Mac for one of my students who is autistic. And one of the reasons I'm doing that is because it has built-in dictation and a built-in screen reader. So, right. you know what? I have yeah. to say that we've entered into an era where you don't even have to say that JAWS is the only screen reader that you're going to teach these kids because it's not the only one that's available. And frankly, we have some free choices now. So school districts don't have to spend thousands of dollars. I'd go further than that and say that if you don't expose these kids to multiple screen readers, right. then you're doing them a the disservice service. because there's no reason to not have more than one. Right. That doesn't mean you have to dive in deep and teach them everything about every screen reader. Right. Certainly they have to know some concepts, but you know, if they want to learn this stuff, you know, if kids want to learn something, they're going to buy God learning. Right. Without you. Well, and the frustrating thing for me is that I've got three kids that are relying upon a Braille note that doesn't have a web browser. I mean, realistically, it doesn't have a web browser. It has a gimped web browser that doesn't even function as well as my iPhone's web browser. So, Ooh, how. You talked about politically incorrect. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what, buddy? <laughs> you can get hate mail too now. I know. <laughs> oh, boy, are you ever going to get hate mail? Why? <laughs> For say gimped? Gimped. Okay. I'm sure somebody I'm will be offended Absolutely. by that out there. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a non-functional web browser. That I had a student who told me, she's like, oh, well, I was going to download my books from Bookshare on um, the web. But when I went on to the Bookshare website on my Braille note, it kicked me off. And I said, and that's why you and I need to learn how to use the computer. <laughs> like, do you not understand? The problem. I mean, for heaven's sake, if you're going to use something like that, get an iPod Touch. I know. You can at least browse Bookshare with that. Right. Can't get YouTube to work on my shell account. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> <laughs> so. I pine for pine, the email client. I, I miss it. I want to use it again. No. I really, really hope that all you listeners out there... If you are available to mentor children, please do it. If you are technically savvy and you have the time in your day to say, hey, you know what I could do? I could volunteer at an elementary school and I could help a VI teacher get these kids on track. Like that would just be the neatest thing in the world because I don't need to have high schoolers show up and say, I have no idea how to use a computer. I was just utterly flabbergasted because... This is like saying that this child never was given the opportunity. Even just socially, okay? I mean, like, right. like again, yeah. our kids have enough disadvantages, especially socially, that mm -hmm. we're going to saddle them with another one? Yeah, I, I can't get on Facebook. I've never seen that before. I don't right. know how that works. Right, good point. Right. I can understand hating Facebook, yeah. but <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I understand the benefits of a Braille note taker. I'm not going to have an argument about that. But I also have to tell these students time and time again, you guys have to understand these are not your devices. 
when you graduate from high school, good luck convincing a voc rehab counselor that they need and have to spend $6,000 on a device for you in college because you got to have a really good reason for why that's necessary. You mean you're not yeah, studying like a hard science or mathematics as your undergrad degree? Yeah. So, you know. And since you brought up science and math, buddy, I will say that I've spoken with a couple of math teachers who I've told them that these kids are doing math exclusively on their Braille note and they're struggling. And she said, well, why don't you bring back the Perkins Brailler? And I said, because they both have told me specifically that they've moved past the Perkins oh, Brailler. Oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, really? <laughs> That's no, no, interesting. Because no, no, no. sighted people yeah, don't exactly. move past pencil and paper. <laughs> they don't. And really, there are just some things that you have to have, like spatially have I know are not going to be able yeah. you're not going to do with one line of braille just not yeah that's what I said kind of like reading lead sheets in music you can right. do that on a note taker sort of but not really very sort of. well yeah right exactly copy again technology isn't going to be the solution to everything right I know like oh I, I don't use the abacus anymore because I have a talking count cal- no Gotta love it. Gotta love the, I have a Braille note now. So, and mom even said, oh, she's moved past the Brailler, the Perkins Brailler. What does that even mean? Like if I'm doing an algebra problem and I have five steps to solve said algebra problem, I don't want to do it on a single line Braille display because I'm not going to be able to follow what the heck I'm doing. I have a Perkins Brailler in my house is probably older than Alina. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, and I still use it yeah, I still have mine of on the desk. Do. Especially when my uh, technology bit the dust at the beginning of right. the year. <laughs> oh, yeah. I use the abacus to keep track of how many batteries are left for my talking calculator. <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous, Derek. So, buddy, how can people send this hate mail to us? <laughs> send all of your hate mail, care of Alina Roberts, to resources at serotalk.com. You can also leave those comments on our website at tripleclickhome.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash tripleclickhome. You can call the Blab line and uh, vent your spleen there at uh, 866-997-2522. Or finally... You can leave us an iReport from your iPhone or Android phone. Nice. And seriously, we want, go ahead and engage us. This podcast team will oh, take yeah. you to task, but we seriously right. want to hear your thoughts. Absolutely. Even, Even they when they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wrong, what about what Apple did at the very end of their keynote? What, what do you guys think about this uh, free album that has gotten so much furor on social media that I can't believe it? I'm, I'm surprised. Oh, it's free. It was free. I mean, I'm kind of surprised. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's a free. Yeah, really. I mean, I, I don't yes. understand. I guess if you don't like you too, then just don't download it. I mean, I, I don't understand why people, you know. I'm, well, that's the, that's, no, so the, that's the problem, apparently. It, that's that, the uh, problem. It downloaded without right, people's oh, permission. You know, and I, yeah. I guess because I don't care, you know, yeah. I'm a, you, I, I listen to you too. I mean, I don't think the album is one of their best, but, you know. Right. It was free. And you can always delete it off of your phone, for goodness sake. It'll stay in your iCloud. But if you don't want to see it, I don't you can want hide it to be it. in my purchase history. <laughs> right. But 
It was free. You didn't pay anything for it. And I hear people (laughs) saying about invasion of privacy. I I think people get a little too overly dramatic with this stuff. It wasn't an invasion of privacy. I saw somebody write that. It's not like they drew names out of a hat and said, okay, this one gets it, and this one gets it, and this one gets it. (laughs) No, they gave it to everybody. Everybody gets it. So there's no (laughs) privacy involved here. One for you, and one for you, and one for you. No one that I've read on Twitter has actually bought the album and then been sad a day later because they could have waited and gotten it for uh-huh. free. True. No. Right. Well, no, they couldn't. No. <laughs> it no, because it's still free. available for free. It's just free. Yeah. I actually know someone who's a real <laughs> YouTube fan, and he says that he got the third copy in the world. He belonged oh. to U2.com. So that's what he told me. Oh, I don't know. Mm. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, you know. There you go. Whatever. Well, at least one guy, one YouTube fan out there. <laughs> no, three. At least three. Cause <laughs> yeah, he was the third. Oh, okay. Three. Okay. Right. Good point. I'm, I'm sure Tim Cook must have been one. They're a good band, but I, I just don't even understand. Like, You can delete it off your phone. You don't. You can choose not to download it, from the, at least on the Mac side. I don't know about that. I'm sure the same thing with the PC side. Even if it downloaded, delete you can it, still right. delete it. Like, that's just what and I don't And if it's understand. really bothering like, you, well, Apple's got a, an app for that. You go to iTunes.com, yeah. yeah. You go to the the page on the iTunes page, and you press the button, and it'll go away. Okay, that's good. Now quit your gritching. <laughs> <laughs> I think that does wrap it yes. up for us, yes? Quit your gritching, and we will, too. All right. <clears throat> yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> At least for this month, anyway. Yes, <laughs> So thank you, everybody, for listening to this month's Triple Click Home. We do appreciate all of our listeners, all of our Twitter fans, all of our people who send in mailbag reports and emails and comments. It's fantastic. Please keep them coming so that we know what you guys are enjoying and what you're not enjoying. Um, if you're not enjoying something and we don't want to change it, it probably won't happen. <laughs> yeah, we're so being honest here. But we want to hear it anyway. Yeah. I mean, we'll be honest, but, you know. <laughs> Be honest with us. We can take it. That's right. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can, although I seem to have fallen off the face of the planet when it comes to social media because I have uh, a job that keeps me busy all day long. And I think it's kind of rude for me to be on Twitter when I'm supposed to be teaching my students. Wow. <laughs> but that's twitter.com slash blind perspective, B-L-I-N-D-P-E-R-S-P-E-C-T-I-V. How about you, buddy? How about me? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash bbrannan. That's B-B-R-A-N-N-A-N. And uh, maybe I'll say something interesting someday on it. But more likely, I'll just retweet something. (laughs) Yes. Well, you can follow me, but I just don't have time these days. But at Mac for the blind. Can't imagine why. And Jamie? You can follow me at Jamie Pauls, J-A-M-I-E-P-A-U-L-S. And each month I keep promising to tweet more, and each month I do not, but keep trying. Uh-huh. But you can, of course, follow the Triple Click Home feed at twitter.com slash triple click home. And thank you to all the, what are we up to now, 12,000? Yeah, plus. Awesome. Some, keep it up, guys. Keep it number. up. That's awesome. Of course, we don't want to forget keep DGL1984. Our good friend, Mr. Derek Lane. Yes. Awesome. So we'll catch you guys next month when iOS 8 has been fully experienced by all of us. We have no news on the Mac release, correct? We do not. 
But like iOS 8, the KNFB Reader is released, and this month will also give us a chance to play with it. So you'll hear about it more on the next episode of Triple Click Home. All right. All right. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch y'all next month.